Hello and welcome back to another episode of Red Tinted Glasses. This episode was originally live on our YouTube channel. If you do enjoy this show, please do head over to our YouTube channel and subscribe with notifications on so you don't miss out on the next one. And over to Glenn to take us away for our review of the Rangers game. Welcome along. It is Wednesday lunchtime. We are live on Red Tinted Glasses YouTube channel. And for those of you joining, I hope you've recovered from the Kevin Clancy show last night. Of course, the man in black had to be the centre of attention during an Aberdeen Rangers game. Callum, what else can we expect? Once again, we're coming away from a a match against Rangers bemoaning some poor officiating. Pretty typical, isn't it? But it's also coming back uh, away from a game against Rangers that's twice this season, perhaps feeling aggrieved that we've not got more than a point. Um, which I suppose can only be a positive, uh, especially given the rollercoaster of a season we've had so far. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll come into some of the refereeing decisions in a wee while. But do you feel that is the overriding emotion from the game last night, that we are actually once again frustrated that we haven't claimed all three points against the, the side from Govan? Because we felt like that from the, the trip to Ibrox when it finished 2-2. And once again, leaving Tawdry last night, probably thinking we could have quite easily got the three points. Yeah, I think so. That was sort of my feeling uh, coming away from Pataudry. And also you sort of heard uh, Lewis Ferguson's uh, post-match interview, J- Johnny Hayes as well. Sort of the feeling from the players as well that um, probably maybe deserving of three points, unlucky not to come away with it, I guess. Um, probably that maybe didn't do enough, but I'd say probably the better team. And it is, it is, I feel like we're in a good place if we're coming away from those two games against Rangers um, with that feeling that, um, unfortunate not to have three points. Yeah, absolutely. And it's nice to, you know, come away from a performance against Rangers once again, like we have maybe against Celtic as well, where we've actually, you know, not sat back for the whole 90 minutes, mm. especially at home. Again, we, we've taken the game to the opposition and uh, we'll come into the data as much as Dave Cormack likes it. We'll, we'll have a wee delve in, into that as well. But team news as always, which we tend to look back on, Lewis Ferguson making his 150th appearance for the club and Terry Jenks as we suspected in the preview show Callum starting in support of uh, Christian Ramirez put forward into that more advanced role that we saw him play against St Mirren and Scott Brown coming into the squad replacing Marley Watkins who's out with an injury Um, Ryan Hedges, Teddy Jenks when we talked about them in the preview show I thought they had a really you know good showing uh, overall last night yeah, I thought so. Teddy Jenks, possibly one of our, our better players in terms of um, well, in terms of the chances falling his way, I suppose, uh, in the end. Maybe unfortunate at times not to even uh, have grabbed the goal. But mm. basically what we expected, I suppose, probably coming into that game in terms of starting 11, um, pretty positive and pretty happy with it. Went. No one really out there, I would say, to have had a poor game. No, and Johnny Hayes with his bleach blonde hair filling in at left back for, for Jack McKenzie and uh, Calvin Ramsey as well. Good to see him um, getting some more minutes into his legs, which we'll, we'll come on to. But yeah, I, I think you know most of the, the squad you know did perform uh, admirably and yeah, we'll rightly feel aggrieved that we haven't come away and we're not here sitting here at this lunchtime speaking about the fact that Aberdeen had taken three points from the game and you know the, these sort of games they're either cagey affairs or they burst into life and it's fair to say the, the match from us was kind of end to end and 
unlike the game against Celtic, we actually started on the, the front foot and, and Teddy Jenks was very unlucky to see his shot from distance agonisingly hit the outside of the post. What a start that would have been if that had nestled into the top corner. I didn't even realise it had hit the post at the time and it wasn't just me, it was people around me as well. Um, I won't know once I saw the highlights mm. and then hit the post. My dad came through this morning going, I didn't realise that Jenks shot had hit the post. <laughs> um, very frustrating. I think I'm a couple inches the other way and it kisses the inside of the post and um, probably goes in and beats McGregor. But very, very positive start. Good technique shown by Jenks there um, stepping onto the ball. Um, and just, well, if I bought a start, that would have been it to put us 1-0 mm. up. Um, my mum always says, when you go up 1-0 against these teams early, it sometimes angers them. But <laughs> I would like to think, having looked at the performance and looking at Rangers' performance, I didn't think they were particularly good. No, um, we talked about in the preview how, uh, how much maybe they might miss Joe Rebo, and I think that was quite evident. And when I was driving home after the game, Kenny Miller was saying that not only did they miss Joe Rebo, they, but they also missed Scott Arfield. Mm-hmm. But in equal spades that they praised how how well Aberdeen pressed all over the pitch you know we didn't give Rangers you know moments really to settle into their own um, game plan their own style we didn't let them impose themselves on the game at all and you know that credit must go to the players and Stephen Glass for getting those tactics spot on in that sense but I was the same as you. I thought that the shot from Jenks only like grazed the post until I watched the highlights back this morning and realised how much of a, a clink it, it did hit off the post. But as I said, you know, a lively end-to-end um, start to the game. And well, I suppose we should really get into it early doors, Callum. The, the main talking point from the first half came in the 19th minute. Not what pie you decided to get during the incident, mm. but whether or not it was a penalty for Aberdeen when uh, Ryan Hedges and Alan McGregor came together. Yeah, I'll come clean and uh, admit that I did not see either that incident or the Rangers go as I was away getting a pie. I've seen them since uh, extensively, having watched them back. Feel very, very annoyed. Um, almost as annoyed as when a policeman accidentally knocked the pie I just bought out of my hand, so I had to go buy a new one. That was very, very frustrating, but. Um, having seen it back extensively, as I said, I, it's how can anyone argue that it's not a foul? Yeah, I mean, perhaps maybe Hedges could commit a little bit more, um, and then maybe take the hit a little bit better. I guess if you're looking at that kind of thing in yeah. a way, um, to make it a bit more clear. But I mean, he gets the ball first. McGregor comes out, clears him out, and McGregor once again goes unpunished, which is no real shock um, and typical that you just you'll know when these kind of things happen um, that the Rangers are going to come up the other end and punish us which they did it's yeah I think my initial thought was it was a I it was a foul um, at, at the very least I wasn't quite sure at the game whether or not it was inside mm. the box um, I know obviously Ryan Hedges fell inside the box but this can be one of those things where the contact is like on the line just outside it so I thought I bet they're not convinced where the contact took place and they've just bottled the decision completely but for neither the linesman or the referee to deem that that was a foul in the first place Mm -hmm. is I was going to say barely believable but then it's Scottish football and the standard of refereeing uh, would suggest otherwise Mm -hmm. but the fact that it's obviously then it's you know salt in the wounds and Rangers go up the other end and, and take the lead. But for me, the 
when you listen to Stephen Glass on the radio post-match coming out and saying that the linesman said there was not enough contact for it to be a foul, and the referee saying there was no contact at all, or rather they're not speaking to each other to come to a decision, and if the referee believes there is no contact, why has he not gone back and booked Ryan Hedges for diving? Ultimately, he's the man in charge. Or has he just deemed the fact that Yanis Hadji puts Rangers in front punishment enough for, for an Aberdeen perspective? Well, quite possibly. But um, regard, like, even if he believes, there's, as you say, he believe he believes there's no content uh, contact, that's then just f- even more inept that he's not then booked Ryan Hedges for simulation. But... Um, fair to say there definitely was contact and how the linesman's decided that there wasn't enough uh, Mm. quite shocking but as I've mentioned it is just typical whenever we see those kind of decisions or often we sometimes miss a big chance and then straight up the other end Celtic Rangers go and (coughs) score Um, admittedly as soon as that happens and we don't get the foul we do then have chances to defend it and that's happened you accept it and then you deal with what's happened and we, we did not do that I think that's fair to say yeah, and that was going to be my biggest grievance on that. Yes, there's obviously the frustration from the the incident itself. Um, sh- it should have been a penalty. Yes, we should have, um, you know, had the decision. Rangers should have been down to ten men. Um, well, McGregor getting his marching orders, but as we said, the salt in the wounds comes when Rangers go up the pitch and score. Scott Wright plays the ball across to Ryan Kent. And for some reason, Calvin Ramsey has left him in acres of space, um, which was really frustrating. I don't know if he was ball watching or more concerned of the run of Haji, that he let Kent have the freedom of that that side of the wing. And it is a great ball in from Ryan Kent. But again, Aberdeen failed to defend the cross. Um, Ross McCrory leaving it for Joel Lewis. Joel Lewis leaving it for Ross McCrory to deal with. Not really pretty on the eye. Yes, you could say their minds were, you know, on the penalty incident, but you know you've got to switch back on and, and focus on the game. And really disappointing goal to to lose when you look back on on it in more detail. Yeah, definitely. I think another perhaps grievance is maybe Ramsey could get out to the ball quicker uh, once once it's played out to Kent too. And um, as you say, between McCrory and Lewis, neither of them deciding to take the onus and deal with it. Um, I mean, Lewis maybe could have came out even if he has to clatter McCrory regardless, mm-hmm. just deal with it. But a very, very frustrating. Thankfully, the heads didn't go down and we did actually respond fairly well. But, um, you know, a fine finish from Haji, as much as I hate to admit it, he took it well. And it's just, that's what happens when it's players like that. When chances fall, like, fall to players with that sort of quality, they will take the chance, um, which is just frustrating. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Lewis Ferguson's reaction to to that incident and um, trying to score directly from from kickoff mm-hmm. as well um, by trying to lob Almaguer. He wasn't far away though, um, it has to be said. Mm. I think maybe we haven't seen it back. I missed that as well with oh, the right. pie incident. That's that's when I'd had, I came, was coming down the stairs, saw Hadji celebrating, pie get knocked out of my hand, total disaster, go back up and then miss the Ferguson thing um, before I've actually got a lovely steak pie to heat myself up and enjoy. But um, yeah, steak pies are very good, and I hope that was yeah. paid for by the, the Rangers fans because I know you collected a bit of change from, um, from the away end last night. Yeah, £1.50. Thanks very much, Rangers fans. Um, that's in my Aberdeen piggy bank right now, so there you <laughs> go. But um, I think McGregor probably had that one covered, and uh, I only haven't seen it back. But I'm not begrudging Ferguson of uh, taking that on at all. Um, always quite enjoy those kind of things. Uh, and he, it was close as well. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the the thing is as well, you, you make an excellent point, Callum. The fact is that we went one nil down. Yes, there's loads of frustration around that um that goal, the manner in which we fall behind, obviously the anger around penalty, no penalty, but we didn't let our heads drop. Yes, Rangers mm-hmm. did come and have a couple of chances, Morelos and, and James Tavernier being denied by, by Joe Lewis. Once again, Joe Lewis kind of showing his importance in these big games for Aberdeen, but you know, we contained Rangers well for the rest of the half without ourselves really creating too much. Mm. And then came out in the second half uh, and looked to, you know, avenge the the hardship that was maybe dealt to us in that first half. Yeah, certainly. We didn't look to sort of limit Rangers um, and just not really play our own stuff um, in terms of sort of trying an attempt to stay in the game. We still sort of tried to play the way um, we know we can. We know it's been promised also. And uh, which is positive. The heads didn't go down, and they they we kept going at it, which is what I like to see. That's the type of the reaction we're looking for. You know, we accept gone down one 0 accept the decision gone against us, and just go at it. Yeah, and I think as well, it it says a lot when you look at the the stats. We'll we'll make some of the the data just now that the Rangers during the game last night made twenty one fouls uh, compared just to the seven that Aberdeen committed. So really, they're. You know their heads went, which we're, we'll come mm-hmm. on to towards the end of the game. But they didn't really know how to to stifle Aberdeen. They had to get ugly and and cause fouls all over the shop. I uh, lost count of how many cards there was, but Scott Brown was the easiest money to make once he'd made a couple. And uh, thanks very much for the money back on that, Scott. But again, we didn't stoop to their level in just trying to. You know, kick lumps out of them when we were one nil down. Mm-hmm. We kept our heads sensibly and we kept being determined. And thankfully, you know, we did get our reward later on in the second half. Definitely, but although we, you know, we didn't resort to sort of the niggly fouls, I do did sort of like a bit of fight shown, especially when mm-hmm. uh, between Johnny Hayes and Kent when it came to Kent getting his first booking. Uh, certainly didn't want to back down from that one, and that's the type of thing you want to see not only in games like this but throughout the season. Um, but I think especially uh, in a tie against Rangers. Yeah, I think there was a lot of gamesmanship. Um, we we were picking on players as such. You know, you knew which ones would um, be able to wind up correctly. Um, we did so with, with Ryan Kent, Scott Brown, the puppet master in midfield, not pulling the strings of our midfield, but pulling the strings of certain Rangers players and winding them up to perfection as well. And, it, it, you know, it said a lot in the second half that both our best chances uh, early on in the second half did fall to Scott Brown when he volleyed over and then headed over from a corner as well. The volley in particular, you're thinking, oh, anybody but Scott Brown, but it almost had a feel that it would have had to be him that, that scored once again against Rangers this season. A little bit. How much would he have loved that uh uh, I've, you know, I've told you a very good crowd, good atmosphere, and uh, front and you know the travelling reader support. Um, unfortunate, I guess you should say, probably not the player you want it to fall to. Mm. But um, in a game like that, had he made the most of it, it would have made it even better. Yeah, definitely, and I'm sure he would have celebrated well in front of the away fans because I noticed actually, I don't know if you spotted when Calvin Ramsey um, was substituted, he was not allowed to walk. Um, past the away end and in front of the the Richard Donald stand, the, the stewards made him walk the long way back to back to the bench and sent him down uh, to section Y in front of the red shed, um, which was I thought a very interesting decision on, on that part. But it, you know, Ramsey did come off with 
with cramp it, it looked like um, towards the, the later stage of the game. But I felt, you know, towards the hour mark, you could see uh, Funzo Ojo, Calvin Ramsey, Teddy Jenks to an extent as well, began to maybe struggle with the pace of the game, maybe Aberdeen feeling the effects of that long layoff more than maybe the visitors. Is that maybe fair to say? I think possibly. I did think it probably f- uh, affected Rangers as well. They didn't look up to too much, but as you say, mm. missing sort of Aribo and Arfield too. Um, yeah, I think that is sort of, I wouldn't re- read it in these things too much, especially the Ramsey going off, um, him in particular with um, sort of, he's still very, very young, mm. uh, muscles and things still developing and going straight into a game of that calibre with a lot of um, tracking runs, uh, particularly with Ryan Kent. Um, yeah. I think yeah, they'll, things will take a, a wee while to build up um, having well been off for what nearly a month now mm. um, and going into a game of that magnitude at sort of that sort of pace and tempo at times um, annoying frustrating but these things do happen and uh, I'm sure once they get back into things, of things with uh, match fitness building up uh, they'll become less and less of a problem yeah, and I think, you know, maybe just on a couple of other Aberdeen players before we move on to the penalty incident from Aberdeen was Christian Ramirez was getting a lot of praise for his work off the ball um, last night, um, which is maybe not what you want from your striker. You want him to be praised for putting the ball in the net. But again, showing his work ethic um, for the team as a whole, but maybe cut a bit of an isolated figure at times. Uh, we didn't get enough support up to him. Uh, Teddy Jenks did well in that in the first half. Him and Ryan Hedges working well um, with Ramirez trying to pull defenders one side and another to, to create space for, for those two. But I think with the way that Teddy Jenks played in that first half as well, maybe just emphasises the need for that creativ- creativity, the number 10 sort of player that we discussed previously on, on the last show. Certainly, to be honest, I think could be... Number 10, an actual uh, winger who can get down the byline, get them on the box, or another striker. I think, I mean, another key moment that sort of sticks out in my mind was Ramirez putting probably the best cross of the game in, <laughs> um, and then Conor McLennan not getting there. That sort of highlights at that sort of time in the game, you'd like to be able to bring another striker off the bench, and then perhaps they're in the middle uh, waiting to get on the end of that. Um, I just think that sort of highlights the needs to bring, bring in them. Ideally, one of each, that would be fantastic, but Someone else, I think, uh, in addition, just to add a little bit more depth, another option would be fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. But you're right to highlight Ramirez's work rate, uh, certainly in sort of any game against Rangers or Celtic. You you need that from your strikers at times, regardless of who you are. They will sort of be that isolated figure. You need them to not get ahead and keep that uh, keep working, keep that work rate up. So yeah. um, thankfully he did so, and um, hopefully we'll see him sort of get back on that goal trail soon. Yeah, and that Ramirez cross, I was going to come to it later on, but that cross was the cross that you wanted Ramirez on the end of, not Conor McLennan. But I maybe wouldn't, maybe wouldn't have the faith to have McLennan putting in a ball of that quality, perhaps. Well, Sorry, Conor. No, that, that's also a fair point. But Aberdeen did get their lifeline of an opportunity back into the game as Kevin Clancy continued to break the matrix in this game by awarding the opposition a penalty against Rangers. Rightly, though, it has to be said for handball against Alfredo Morales for his outstretched left arm and blocking Lucas Ferguson's goalward header and giving Aberdeen the opportunity to level from the spot. And Lewis Ferguson, as he's done countless times this season, made no mistake from the spot, despite the wind's best effort to, to almost distract him with the ball moving just as he hit it. 
Yeah, I mean, certainly, I don't think I noticed at the time, but certainly watching back, um, definitely make, <laughs> makes a big movement. And um, thankfully, it, it, Ferguson, coolest man in Pataudry uh, at that moment, and still slots away despite that, probably should have been retaken. And don't know how Kevin Clancy's not spotted <laughs> that, in all honesty. He's looking directly at the ball. Um, but I think given... Uh, the fact he hit the bet back of the net in the earlier instance in the game, um, we were due that sort of luck to have it not mm. retaken because it would have been typical if we had to retake it and then McGregor pulls out a stop. But um, no, very, very happy. And it has to be said on the penalty incident, um, Morelos didn't even bother complaining, nothing. Surprisingly. So clear. I know, it's surprising. So you know when that's the case, it's uh, basically a stonewaller. And, um, mm. There can't be any qualms about that. You wouldn't think, despite Ranger fans probably going to try their best. Yeah. But I think, you know, you speak about how Kevin Clancy didn't spot that. There's a lot of things he didn't spot. And it gave Aberdeen that impetus. You know, we speak about, or oh, we wish that uh, Aberdeen attacked the Red Shed in the second half. But mm. the noise that came from the Red Shed and maybe around the ground as well on the back of that goal really seemed to lift the players, give them that little bit of extra wind going into the last 20 minutes. And... For about the, a 10-minute spell, it really only felt like there was one team interested in, in winning that game, and, mm-hmm. and that was the home side. But Callum, for the pressure that we applied to the Rangers' goal, I don't really feel we tested Alan McGregor again, if we want to look at the data. We had 15 shots in the game and only three were on target. And me and you were thinking before we came live, we couldn't even think what that third shot on target was. No, which maybe says more about us, sorry. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's also true. But, but, yeah, no, it is frustrating, especially when you, you know, we have that 10-minute advantage, of, particularly even when it was, uh, sorry, that one-man advantage, you have a 10-minute advantage, that would be a bit much, a bit excessive. <laughs> um, but particularly even when it was 11 men apiece, um, we were probably at times on top of the game, um, you would say. Just frustrating, yeah, we don't test him nearly enough, Um maybe not even getting at that Rangers um, defence enough running at them testing the tired legs Mm -hmm. Um, just a little bit frustrating but at the same time uh, it looked like we needed that uh, support from the crowd um, because they they looked leggy the tempo perhaps um, I was a bit angry at the time that it wasn't uh, lifted a little but Mm -hmm. I suppose understandably so given the fact they're just off that break and again that magnitude kind of thing Um, but Yeah, there there was times where I felt that some of our intent was we went a bit sideways instead of Mm -hmm. getting the ball wide quicker and, and, you know, exploiting the space in behind Rangers. But I guess the idea was to try and stretch the defence one side to another and and create some uh, overlaps or some, some more space. But once again, you know, we were, you know, restricted to really shooting from distance or... Connor McLennan was struggling with delivery or I think he did have a, a, a chance that went just past the post, Ryan Hedges, Teddy Jenks mm-hmm. also having uh, half chances as well. But as we said, not really uh, testing Alan McGregor enough um, mm-hmm. that would have merited a real thought of us grabbing that winner. But as we said, Rangers did lose their head at times, you know, in that 21 fouls. And Ryan Kent lost his completely. Um, finding himself sent off with Rangers receiving their first red card in the league since December 2019. Again, Kevin Clancy must not have got the memo on that one. But Scott Brown, I mean, that's why we, you know, that's what we've been missing. Someone that knows what they're doing in that situation, felt the contact. Let's be honest, it's the faintest of touches, but Mm -hmm. he plays for it. The crowd's obviously going to react to that challenge. 
and the referee's happily to oblige and send Ryan Kent off. It's um, silly from Ryan Kent. I think, to be fair, he has every right, I suppose, to go and try and attempt to block that, play the ball. But when you know the situation you're in on a yellow card in a game of that magnitude, and you know who's on the ball, and it's just a simple clearance down the line as well, um, to leave that foot in, you know Scott Brown's going to make the most of it. And Mm -hmm. uh, boy, did he, not only for that challenge, but... Uh, afterwards as well, I think he enjoyed it. Yeah, I think he enjoyed um, sending Ryan Kent back down the tunnel and then winding James Tavernier up about the decision as well. I'm not sure James Tavernier appreciated, but certainly the Aberdeen support did. And again, just that is the sort of performance and the Aberdeen fans like to see. You know, we want to see players that when they take to the field, they are playing for that badge. They are playing for mm-hmm. the fans that have come out in the stand. And I felt at times last night we really saw that, not just from Scott Bowen, but but all the players involved. No, yeah, certainly. That sort of desire, that sort of commitment. And um, when you've got Scott Brown in that midfield, you know, you can ask questions maybe about his age, his legs. Um, but he still has that influence in terms of leadership and a game of that magnitude. Um, it's what you need, especially given, you know, Ramsey, some of, the, some of the inexperienced players, Ramsey, Jenks, Campbell coming on. Um, as well, you need that kind of that kind of figure to help guide through. Yeah, and I suppose despite the the ten men of of Rangers, they did have a couple of late chances to to almost steal a win, which would have been totally undeserved if they had gone on to grab the three points. As always is the case with James Tavernier and, and dead balls, there uh, there's always a bit of nervousness, and he whipped in an excellent free kick that Connor goals and couldn't quite connect with, as the ball flashed along the face of goal. Conor McLennan kind of unsure of what to do and the ball bundled out for a corner and as the resulting corner whipped in Morelos and managed to get a goalward shot but Joe Lewis expertly saves that and tips it out for another corner and that was really the last threat from the Ibrox side as Aberdeen held on and, and got the point that they at least deserved um, sadly not mm-hmm. getting the, the three that probably the play overall merited but as Paul Rickey says in the comments Callum, happy with the point Brown at his best with the red card. I think if you offered us a point before the game, you would have snapped someone's hand off for that. Is that, mm. is that fair or should we have been aiming for the three? Realistically, given how years of uh, games have gone against Rangers recently, um, over the past couple of years, you probably would take it same at Ibrox. Mm. But then it is very telling that after the game, uh, we're coming away thinking could have been three. Um but if we do go unbeaten, I suppose, against Rangers this season, if you'd offer that at the start, obviously there's still two more games to play, but if we do end up taking four points, if you offer that at the start, probably would have uh, taken it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just one of those things, especially now that we're feeling uh, slightly annoyed that we didn't end up with all three. So it's, it can only be a positive. Positive yeah. spins on these things. Yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing in, in these situations. But again, with that chance towards the end of the game, Joe Lewis once again highlighting his importance coming up with a big save when it when it matters most, but probably a save you would expect your keeper to be making. Certainly, and as much as I don't like giving him credit, I thought uh, with Morales' chance, he took it quite well and not to lash out and to get it goalwards. Um, but a good save from Joe Lewis uh, coming up in the big moments. Um, and it's just what you want to see. Hopefully, uh, although you know him and McCrory perhaps lack of communication, uh, those kind of performances, those kind of saves in the big games when we need them most uh, is what's more to come of Joe Lewis, especially mm-hmm. if there is 
another goalkeeper coming in the door, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I suppose we'll, we'll touch on maybe a few of the, the transfer notes uh, in, a, in a wee second. But overall, Calm as we said, you know, picked up that that point last night. What was your overriding kind of feeling coming away from Pataudry? Was it one of frustration that we didn't pick up that three points? And, and do you kind of sense, based on the performance as a whole, a, a, a bit of positivity going into 2022? Because listening to Willie Miller on the, the way home last night on the radio, he, he was saying that Stephen Glass has got a lot to be encouraged by from, from that performance looking ahead to this year. Certainly. I mean, I don't think by any means we were necessarily at our best. Um, but there there was certainly uh, reasons to be positive. The fact that we reacted to the decisions going against us, the goal, um, certainly positive. I was I was fairly happy coming away from that, especially cause even when we were down to 10 men, you still think, oh, this could still go wrong. <laughs> and uh, it would have been horrendous being by the fence if that had happened. Mm. Uh, but I was happy with the point, but at the same time, you can't help but feel like we could have got a little bit more, which is not a bad place to be in, mm-hmm. especially given the ups and downs of the season we've had so far. So definitely positive, positives to take, and hopefully we can start to build on that, obviously starting uh, in the Scottish Cup. Yeah, definitely. A, a good Scottish Cup run would definitely be be welcomed. And I suppose, you know, if you want to look at it from an overall perspective, Aberdeen solidify their place in the top six, uh, you know, extending the gap to Dungeon United to three points and, and closing the gap to Hibs above us and who sit fifth to, to the one point. And with Motherwell dropping points in Dingwall as well, we're now within three points of the Steelmen who sit in fourth. So, you know, you, if you want to look at it from a league table perspective, it's a good night because we've gained on those above us and, and created a bit of ground on those below us as well. But I think, once again, we've shown that the style of football is there. and It's still maybe not clicking totally in front of goals, as we mm-hmm. touched on there, with it. the amount of chances we're creating. They're not always on, on target. But, you know, there, there are positives. Ryan Hedges, if we can keep him... Um, you know, past the, the end of this window. He looked lively last night. And I was encouraged by Teddy Jenks' performance um, further up supporting Christian Ramirez. Again, if Marley Watkins is going to be be out for a while, he's a lot of pace about him. And, you know, him and uh, Ryan Hedges can almost interlink and, and change position, which will cause def- defenders loads of problems. Um, but again, it maybe highlights the fact that we need to, to, to fill that position more permanently, um, come, especially come the summer. Obviously, Teddy Jenks going to be here until the end of the season yeah I think certainly I think right now options as well um, especially with Marley Watkins is out for a considerable amount of time um, that's not to say Terry Jenks or Bob Ryan Hedge as well I wouldn't be happy mm. to see them sort of solidify that place going forward but just in terms of you know squad depth in a game like that it would be nice to have someone else come off the bench of their quality um, mm. to see if we can push for a winner and perhaps in addition to them rather than for as a replacement but um, certainly encouraging uh, Teddy Jenks as well, not shirking away in a game like that um, yeah. at a young age too. And uh, obviously showing his good good technique at times. Obviously had a late chance uh, towards the end of the game too. Um, maybe could have done a little bit better, hit the target, tested McGregor. But uh, unfortunate, especially probably given his legs were going to by that stage. Yeah. Um, man of the match went to Johnny Hayes last night. Uh, agree with that or was there any other... Um, outstanding candidates that you think maybe deserve that award? Um, I was very happy with sort of Ross McCroy's performance, but then maybe you look at the goal, that's perhaps why um, he didn't uh, come away with the, the accolade. 
you can't really, you can really argue that blonde Johnny Hayes uh, doing the business. And also, when you, when I saw him going right back, I was thinking, oh mm. God, this could be a disaster. <laughs> but he filled in there perfectly as well. Does what did whatever was asked for, and sometimes been maybe probably harsh on Johnny Hayes um, this season, but. Um, last night, certainly no qualms with that, and I think deserving of that Man of the Match award. I was, uh, admittedly, I was actually surprised to see him uh, awarded Man of the Match. I was, as I said, I was impressed with Terry Jenks. I know Scott Brown was maybe an obvious candidate for that, and I think that that comment on Ross McCroy is actually a fair comment, especially when you look at his second half performance. You know, picked up a booking early on for a challenge that was never a foul, let alone a booking, but course Kevin Clancy is always going to see it otherwise and to be on a booking for that length of time against Rangers you know Morelos who will probably try and, and play on that and he was you know trying to deal with Scott Wright and Ryan Kent their pace as well and he was making some some good strong challenges while still being on a yellow that if he gets wrong or he's a second late that sees him you know go for an early bath as well and um, so yeah no I think that's uh, that's a fairly fair show as well Callum. Yeah, I certainly think he dealt with Morelos very, very well. We know he he has got quality, but he can also be a right pain to play against. We've seen the battles him and Scott McKenna have had, uh, well, had had over the years. Um, so, no, I, I think it is. Uh, I think it would, wouldn't have been uh, too shocked to have heard, heard that either. Uh, and it's just encouraging to see that he continues to improve um, at centre back, too. Yeah. Absolutely, and and it's you know great you know uh, once again a, a strong point to to take us into the the Scottish Cup weekend, and for those of you tuning in, it's really appreciated, and um, we're getting a lot of uh, Celtic fans tuning into to this live, but um, we've had a lot of new subscribers recently. I think a few Rangers fans were subscribing last night, thinking our preview episode was a was a live stream of the the game, but. Um, more fool you if that's what you thought but we're close to 700 subscribers on YouTube so really really appreciate all the support being shown to us on the channel um, and Callum we're going to be looking at the transfer market obviously there wasn't much to kind of delve into other than the fact that the Jamie McGrath um, transfer seems to be off the table as he considers options elsewhere Stephen Glass coming out and saying he wants players with the desire to play for Aberdeen um, and I think you know, that's an absolutely fair comment. We would much rather have someone that's committed and wanting to play for the club rather than we're their second option. Yeah, definitely. If they're humming and haying and they're not committing, then take the offer at the t- uh, off the table. I think that's uh, certainly fair. We want players with the desire to play for the shirt. And it would seem he doesn't have that. And certainly when that 350000 price tag has been banded around as well uh, for him to come in January not worth it for a half-hearted uh, non-committed player really yeah yeah absolutely and, and Stephen Glass also confirming that the transfer speculation around Lewis Ferguson to Cagliari is just absolutely nonsense the Italian side sitting third bottom of Serie A apparently putting in a loan bid with option to buy come the summer if they stay up in the in the Italian top flight. So a load of nonsense uh, confirmed by the, the manager there. But as we said, the Aberdeen's uh, quest to win the Scottish Cup begins this weekend as Edinburgh City travel north to Aberdeen. And Gary Naismith, the defender who played nine times for the Dons between in the 2012-13 season, will lead his men to Pataudry and... Callum, Edinburgh City have yet to keep a clean sheet. The last clean sheet was in September um, of last year. 
there's got to be goals for Aberdeen in this game then. I hope so. I mean, I think I'll probably expect them, especially with a manager, an ex-defender, um, expect them to come up and try and contain us, try and be stuffy, probably be niggly fouls. But there is obviously some some quality in there too. And we've seen it too many times to know that there's not a possibility of an upset. But you'd like to think we'd have enough about us. I uh, hope that they'll put out a strong squad. And maybe we'll rest players like mm. Ramsey or whatever, um, given he went off with cramp. And with the look ahead to the league fixtures, but I'd still expect a very, very strong side and um, players to come in, maybe like McLennan, Barron, uh, who've got points to prove. Mm. And uh, hopefully, I'd like to think we'd have enough uh, to get the job done. Um, and hopefully, you'd think convincingly too, especially it's a home tie too. Yeah, this the Stenhouse Muir Cup game still gives me uh, flashbacks that this might not be as easy as it, it's being made out. You know, the Citizens travel north, sitting fourth in League Two. They're a, a, a whopping 19 points behind the league leaders Kelty Hearts but you know they did claim a 2-2 draw at Kelty at the weekend um, scoring a, a 90th minute equaliser but the defender Jack Bryden who got that goal is actually suspended for the game this weekend you know they're in the playoff spots at the moment they're in a good good run of form it's just two defeats in 10 across all competitions yes they're conceding goals but they're they're getting results so they will have confidence that they could maybe spring a cup upset? Certainly. We've seen stranger things happen, possibly even against uh, worse sides as well. And I see you got on the notes Danny Handling. That's a nice throwback. Remember him uh, coming through at Hibs uh, once upon a time, a long time ago. Circa relegation time, I believe. Yeah. I mainly mentioned him because of Michael Monin's tuning in. I just want to give him horrible flashbacks. Um, of that memory and Paul Cockwell as well in, in the comments I know he's a high so I, I'm sure he'll have horrible memories of Danny Handling in that season when they got relegated but they do also have the impressive Innes Murray on loan from Hibs he scored four goals and get, got the Citizens five assists so far this season so certainly a player to watch out for from us on a defensive point of view and the on loan striker from St Johnson John Robertson who's got six goals for them will be their main goal threat um, come the weekend so they do pose potential problems but again from an Aberdeen point of view would expect a professional job being done by Stephen Glass's men yeah we'd certainly be very very unhappy uh, otherwise obviously uh, suffer disappointment in the Premier Sports Cup uh, against Wraith um, a slightly better side than Edinburgh um, two divisions above but we, we'd like to think we'd have enough uh, about us and perhaps have learned from that game as well in terms of playing uh, a team from a, a, um, from the lower divisions mm. um, and hopefully we'll be able to have to get through I, I, see, you know, I'm, we're playing Edinburgh City and I'm still saying hopefully yeah. that just tells you how scarred we are uh, yeah. in recent uh, years yeah and I think you know if you look at the, the pricing for this weekend as well it's you know it's attractive pricing fair play to, to both clubs because when it is the Scottish Cup it Cup, it does have to be agreed from both sides, so fair play to, to both of them for agreeing sensible pricing, although I was speaking to somebody from the club who said that with the the, the free tickets, you know, the, I'm one of those that, you know, didn't claim my refund for the mm. season being finished early in that, so my ticket for this weekend is free, and um, so all those that didn't uh, claim that refund against the club got a free ticket for the, the first Scottish Cup game back at home, so I think the club are expected to hand out nearly 5,000 free tickets 
um, for this game. So it might not be a big money maker for the club itself, obviously, with it with the gate receipts being split 50-50. So Aberdeen will definitely be looking at this game and thinking, right, good chance to get through and then look forward to how we can, you know, look at getting to Hamden and a Scottish Cup run will be a vital stream of income for the club. Look forward to getting knocked out by Kilmarnock in the next round uh, from Ashton Taylor. Um, no, but we, we like to think um, we've got quite a good feeling about the Scottish Cup. Obviously, had that about the Premier Sports Cup as well, and it went mm. eight tong. But um, no reason why this side can't put together a cup run. Uh, I think it might be fair to say that the league might be out of sight uh, <laughs> at this stage. But in terms of uh, a cup run, and then especially when we're going in towards the end of the season, in terms of the league, um, that'll certainly um, buoy players as well when it comes to important games where we need results and chasing for European qualification. So fing- fingers crossed that we can stick something together and hopefully this is just the start. Yeah, and I suppose it's the most realistic chance of silverware, as you said, the league is almost definitely out of reach, um, despite your your hopes and dreams. And also, on the back of that would be another opportunity of European football um, on the back of winning the trophy as well, if we can't get that through through our league finish. But you keep mentioning Wraith, I can tell how scarred you are from from being down there for that, that game. How how much you think that will be playing on Stephen Glass's mind going into this weekend? Will we see Aberdeen start their strongest eleven and then rest players, or do you think we're going to make the same move? I'm just, I won't I won't I hesitate to use the word mistake. Um, the same that we did at Wraith, start kind of fringe players if we want to call them that, mm-hmm. and then bring on the more experienced um, if need be. I would like to see a core of the starters, uh, so anyway, a full, sort of, I don't even know if we have the capacity for a full rotated 11 at this stage, um, but I'd like to see the sort of the core being there, maybe Scott Brown's another one that you might uh, might see him sit out, you know, given, his, given his age and uh, supposedly gone legs, um, but I, I think there is also capacity given the fact that it's not just a team from who are performing in the league below pretty well, like Wraith were, mm-hmm. Um League two side, obviously performing pretty well in that division, but there is a gulf in in quality there. So perhaps you are looking at, as I mentioned, sort of McLennan, a player that might come in uh, from the start, Connor Barron. Uh, but I certainly expect sort of the younger players like McCrory, Bates, Ferguson, probably Ramirez, all to sort of stay in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the five subs continues into the, the Scotch Cup as well I believe so we might have some some room to you know rotate where where necessary but maybe you know with with the amount of games that we've got coming up as we said in the preview show it's eight games in 25 days there may be one eye on the the midweek trip to to Paisley and and resting those we spoke there about Calvin Ramsey with his his cramps so maybe we won't see see him starting Dean Campbell came in and, and did a decent job for him and last night maybe Dean Campbell gets a start gets some more minutes in his legs as well and you know I was going to hesitate to uh, mention Niall McGinn but players like him Conor McLennan Emmanuel Thomas Conor Barron players that are maybe requiring some minutes in their legs this is the the ideal opportunity with the greatest of respect to Edinburgh City to, to give those players minutes to uh, under their belt whether that's from the start or if we find ourselves in a comfortable position with 
20 minutes, half an hour to go and you, you give them that sort of form. But, you know, it's all about player management as well, I think, with, with this hectic schedule coming up. Yeah, certainly. It's something you have to keep an eye on. That's why I, I'd like to see us have somewhat of a core of a sort of the best 11 or well, the recent starting 11. And then you can perhaps throw in a couple of players with points to prove, wanting to get some football uh, into their legs, who should still definitely have enough about them uh, to get us through this game. And mm-hmm. then perhaps Luke's arrest, probably, if Ferguson starts the likes of him uh, with the fixture schedule coming up. Yeah, I suppose you're at risk with changing too much. I think the, the point you made there about trying to keep a core of the starting eleven mm-hmm. in there at least, um, maybe first half and then and then change it up if we if we have the luxury to do so, is if you change your starting eleven too much, it's players that haven't played with each other, players that are maybe not sure how the other player plays, and that in itself can cause uh, loads of problems. Um, you know, we've not, you know, I spoke about Edinburgh City not keeping a clean sheet since September. We've not exactly been the most defensively sound all season as well. I'm sure that's something that Edinburgh will be looking to exploit. But in, in the same sense, you know, it would be a good chance to get players minutes. Matt Kennedy found himself on the bench last night. Maybe if he hasn't joined Derek McInnes in the car journey back to Kilmarnock from Pataudry, you know, he might even feature Declan Gallagher, another opportunity for him to maybe get some minutes. It's all these sort of players, as I said, you know, given that the run of fixtures, if we were to pick up injuries, suspensions, we want those that are, are on the fringe, sitting on the bench to be match fit and, and ready to, to come in and replace. Yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, goodness me, I mean, Matty Kennedy, if he comes in and starts, that would really <laughs> would be something... Um, given the way his season's gone so far. But I suppose it's another player, if he's not going to go out the door, then you, yeah, you've got to give him a chance. And I suppose this is the type of game that you would you would do that. And we have maybe lacked some natural width at times. Mm. I'm not saying Matt Kennedy's the answer <laughs> at all, but um, it wouldn't be surprised if he sort of did come in and feature in this game. Um, a, a good opportunity to, rather than you know, Rangers, for example. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know about Dante Polvara as well. I know he was flying over. I don't know if his work permit, visa, whatever it is, has been granted yet. You never know. It might be be a debut for him as well. Another American into the starting eleven. But certainly, you know, loads of discussion to, to look forward to on the, the starting eleven and how that comes across. But hopefully, Callum, the start of a successful cup run um, begins on Saturday. And, We'll be back on Monday evening with the review of that show and a look ahead to the St Mirren clash on Wednesday where we will be joined by none other than former Aberdeen defender and former St Mirren defender Lee Mayer to look ahead to that game as he joins us um, for a former player interview which will be released later on into probably February given the, the busy schedule but exciting to have a former player look ahead to a game rather than just me and Callum rumbling on yeah certainly um, which will be good to get good to get his insight a slightly more uh, experienced and professional insight ahead, ahead going into this game uh, before we do wrap things up however um, if you've only caught some of this uh, perhaps missed the start it will be going uh, onto Spotify etc Anchor um, later on uh, as an audio file or it'll be up on our YouTube channel somewhere as it goes live as a past broadcast so you can go back and tune in that way too. 
Yeah, absolutely. Good point there, Calm. And if you are listening on the audio, remember to hit that subscribe button and get the notifications on so you're notified when our latest episodes are coming out. These episodes will be coming out thick and fast over the next few weeks, um, given the amount of fixtures that we have coming up. And if you are watching on YouTube, remember to hit that like button. Leave us a comment with feedback. As I said, we are going to be doing lives through the midweek fixtures. And of course, hit that subscribe button. But as ever, thank you very much for tuning in. And there we have it for our Rangers review with a little look towards the Scottish Cup tie versus Edinburgh City. We hope you did enjoy it. And if you did, be sure to follow us wherever you are listening in. And also subscribe to our YouTube channel with notifications on so you know exactly when we go live next time. Thanks once again for tuning in and take care.